Hey, welcome in. It is the Treasure Valley Prepcast on IdahoSports.com, breaking down District 3 activities week in, week out in the great state of Idaho. We are coming to you live uh, right now as well on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Twitter account. My name is Brandon. <clears throat> wow. My name is Brandon Bainey, and we are joined by our Treasure Valley resident and expert, Logan Green. What's up, LG? Hey, Brandon, I let out an audible, oh my goodness, before we started. I don't know if it got caught because I turned my head and it's like a whiteout outside. I was not, uh, it definitely snowed this morning and I shoveled it. And then I'm sure all of that shoveling is uh, for naught now. I'm sure my driveway is back covered. But I didn't I didn't know that it was doing that until I turned my head. And so it was a, oh my goodness, moment as... <laughs> I saw that outside. So uh, my kids do have a snow day. Everybody uh, was hoping for that today, and it finally came. Snow day where I live, too. They preemptively canceled school yesterday. They just looked at the forecast and said, yeah, we're not doing it. <laughs> said, nope. Nah, we're good. <laughs> not a game time decision. They did it 24 hours in advance. The Treasure Valley Prepcast is brought to you by No Vape Idaho. Uh, did you know that vaping increases the risk of lung infections? That's like, especially in this post COVID world where I feel like everybody's respiratory system took a hit somewhat. Now you're going to try and vape on top of that, Logan. Yeah, that's a bad yeah. idea. Yeah. And, and I was looking on the, the no vape site earlier at this exact line. What is it? Why is it bad for your lungs? Um, I had to go into Google and, and ask it how to pronounce some of these words um, because they're so long and confusing. Um, acetaldehyde is one of the ingredients in vaping. And it says it is a known cancer causing chemical. Uh, the more exposure, the higher the risk to having cancer. It also causes irreversible damage to your DNA. So um, that does not sound like something that I want to, uh, be breathing into my lungs. Um, it's already hard enough for a big man to breathe, uh, running up and down the gym stairs and, uh, adding that into the mix wouldn't be a good combination. Yeah. Uh, for more tips and, uh, you know, good reasons why you shouldn't vape, uh, you can, uh, type in no vape Idaho. That's uh, no with a K, like the more you know, no vape Idaho uh, into your favorite uh, search browser and uh, click on the website from there. All right, Logan, we have got uh, it was a wild night of basketball uh, was. Tuesday night up and down the Treasure Valley. Um, so many exciting finishes, a couple we have video of to show you, which is going to be really fun and exciting. And this is where I'll I'll put out the. Uh, the bat signal, as it were, Logan, uh, here on the uh, prep casts, but also through our IdahoSports.com social media. You know, we're always looking to share these incredible stories and incredible moments. So if it, if you have a cool picture that, you know, you would like us to share on the Treasure Valley prep cast or a cool highlight of something an athlete did, um, we will always uh, accept those and help you know shine the spotlight on the incredible plays and, and achievements that are happening. You can always uh, send me an email, Brandon at IdahoSports.com with your pictures or your clips. Same thing. You can send them to Logan as well. Logan at IdahoSports.com. Yeah, we got a couple this morning in on our Instagram page. And so quickly just uh, was able to turn those and put them up because uh, they were awesome. Uh, they sent them over and said, hey, will you post this? And we're like, yeah, we'll post that. We want everybody to get uh, as much much exposure as possible. 
Yeah, the uh, and we're going to show one of those highlights because it happened to a Treasure Valley team here in just a moment. But we are going to start with uh, boys basketball and the the stinky sneaker showdown. That's right. Uh, Mountain View yeah. hosting Meridian last night, Logan. Uh, this video clip we're going to show you is from Twitter. It's from Race Archibald, great writer for the Idaho Press, and he was sitting, I mean, pretty much courtside uh, and got a really good shot of this finish. Here's the scenario. We're tied at 51-51 with about less than five seconds to play. There's probably like three seconds, actually six-tenths of a second there. I can see it on the shot clock. Six-tenths of a second to play, Logan. Uh, Mountain View is inbounding underneath their basket. Basically, they just need a tip in here and watch what happens. They get the inbound in to Brevin Binder, who sinks it as time expires. There's Coach <laughs> John Nettleton for Mountain View. He's pretty fired up. And then, you know, the celebration begins with the student section. And boy, what an incredible shot by yeah. Brevin <laughs> And that's all you can do in that situation. I mean, point six, you do have time to catch and shoot, but not much. I mean, a tip is really one of the better options on that type of play, especially an inbound on the baseline like that. And uh, man, you know, uh, if you're Mountain View, here's Brandon. This is a question that I had when I saw this. Does that taste better at home or does it taste better on the road? Uh, because you can I can see the justification for both. You know, you want to do that at home front of your home crowd but you know that crowd is very split down the middle half and half really um but but i feel like to do it on the road there's just an extra maybe just an extra scoop of ice cream uh, on that sunday yeah well this one did come at home for mountain view and with the win the mavs improved to three and one in southern idaho conference play they are eight and five overall Meridian with the setback, Logan, they're now three and two in the league and 10 and four overall. And essentially what's happening in this league is the, the battle at the top is really intriguing. Uh, we had another great finish last night. Timberline defeated Capital by two, 59-57. So you've got the 53-51 win for Mountain View over Meridian and then the 59-57 to triumph for Timberline over Capital as well. Uh, it, it's awfully crazy. I mean, there's a why he right, but then two through like seven are all like bunched in there. Yeah. And, and we'll get to it later, but the girls is very similar. Each league has one uh, dominant figure on top and, and for the boys, it's a why he, and then there are a lot of really good teams bunched in there. Like you said, Brandon, I mean, capital is, is I say only one and two, but you know, like they're a good team. Uh, I always saw them play. At the Capital Classic, they played very well there, and you know they they ended up losing to Baker, which that that Baker Oregon team I said it before they, they would they would compete in the five ASIC, and I think we we're seeing that now, right? Where Capital plays a a very tight one down the stretch with Timberline, who right now Timberline's all of a sudden sitting there four and one, um, and who had Boise at four and one on their bingo card um, at this point in the season. Uh, the league is is as strong as ever right now. And honestly, you know, like two, two through 10 are like, so, so here are the standings. So why he is five and zero in the league, 11 and three overall Timberline and Boise are tied for second at four and one who saw that coming into the season. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, Boise just kind of came out of nowhere. I feel like 
in boys basketball and girls basketball, we know what Boise is, but in boys, they just like come out of the middle of nowhere. Sometimes they're like, Oh, Hey, we're here and we're good. And uh, right now that's kind of what they're doing. Sitting at four and one. Now Boise still has a lot of big dogs left on the schedule, like Timberline and Capital and Mountain View and Middleton and Hawaii. And so we'll see, but you know, we said this during football season, right? Oh yeah, they haven't played anybody yet. They haven't played anybody yet. And then we looked up and it was the end of the season and they were the two seed out of their division. So, hey. Yeah, like, I mean, they have wins over Bora, Cuna, Eagle, like, you know, you, you Centennial, you, you start to step back and say, yeah, they got some losses in there, but man, they got a couple of nice wins as well. Yeah, they did lose to Meridian. Uh, last Thursday, 65-36. But yeah, for the moment, Timberline and Boise tied for second at 4-1 and one in the league. Timberline's 12-1 and one overall, uh, continuing their strong season under coach Travis Noble. Uh, Mountain View is 3-1. and one. Centennial is 2-1. and one. Meridian and CUNA are both 3-2. and two. Eagle is 2-3. and three. Capital is 1-2 in the league, but they're 8-4 and four overall. Middleton is one and three, Logan, but they're eight and four overall. Middleton is just a hot streak away from shooting right back into this thing. Yeah, and I, I've seen Middleton play a few times this year. And one thing I was talking to somebody else about this too, they are missing, it seems like that it guy, right? The X factor that can just step into a game and say, All right, I'm I am done with this being a four-point game. Let's get this going. Right, just that person who can step in and just take over a game. They're very young. They've got a lot of young pieces, and eventually somebody's going to step up. But you know, they played Hawaii very tight in that game. Hawaii, um, the game was uh, sat around a six-point game the entire game. Hawaii uh, pulled a little bit away at the end and ended up winning by eleven or twelve, something like that. Um, but they were there. Um, but then Timberline really kind of took care of business against the Vikings. And that I really like that Timberline team, uh, watching that team. Uh, one guy from them to watch for, Alex Coe, super fun to watch. I mean, he was in every play. He was our player of the game. He didn't out, he, he didn't have the most points in that game, but I, I just felt like he had he did the most in that specific game. He just jumped into every passing lane. He had some of the most beautiful assists. You will see just the passes were right on the money. And then, you know, they've got a couple of uh, big guys in there. Jacob Heine, he was almost unstoppable down low. Um, you know, th that's a team to watch out for Timberline down the stretch. Yep. And I, uh, the team I'll highlight here as well, you know, they're kind of buried right now, two and three in the league, eight and six overall. But Eagle is still a team I think people need to pay attention to. They were picked second in the preseason poll. Now, they just lost to Hawaii last night, Logan, for the second time this year. It wasn't particularly close, 74 to 49. But along the way, they lost to Timberline by three this year. They lost to Boise by one. They've had some really narrow losses in there. And I just think Eagle, uh, especially with their guards, you know, they've got Cole Pugh and Hudson Van Alphen and Russell Gibson and um, Miguel Taylor uh, is a six, seven wing. I just, I think Eagle is a team that's going to be kind of, kind of a dark horse. They're not going to be a top seed at districts, but I think talent wise, they're, they're right there. Yeah. And, and their schedule right now, like we said, there's not really an easy out in the SIC right now. Um, everybody seems to be playing very well, um, but their schedule 
coming up is one where they will be in teams of similar skill um, on the schedule. Rocky Mountain, Centennial, CUNA, all kind of right there in the same Rocky Mountain towards the bottom of the league right now, which is weird to say. Uh, but those other two, you know, CUNA and Centennial, right in that same area as CUNA or as uh, Eagle, excuse me. So maybe a chance for some separation, a chance to get hot over similar teams and create, you know, uh, your standing in the league and get hot at the right time. Yeah, so the 5A SIC in boys basketball continues to be a tight race, as does the 2A Western Idaho Conference race, Logan, the 2A WIC. I feel like we do this every week. Hey, let's get our weekly standings update. Spoiler alert, still really crowded. Here are the current standings after last night's action. Coal Valley Christian is 6-0 in the league, 11-1 overall. Ambrose, Nampa Christian, Melba, all tied for second right now. They're all four and two. Uh, Ambrose is 10 and three overall. Nampa Christian, eight and three overall. Melba, eight and four. New Plymouth for the moment slides to fifth. They're three and three in the league. They're 10 and three overall. But the team we're going to start with, Logan, is the team that's in sixth place currently, Compass Charter. They're two and four in league play, six and five overall, a game above 500, working with a first year head coach. And they had a signature win last night over Marcin by a single point, 55 to 54. Before I show the clip, which was shared with us, and then we put it on our Instagram account. Uh, by the way, you should follow the Idaho Sports Instagram account if you're not already. Um, but set this play up for us, Logan. Yeah, Marsing down or Marsing leading by one point, and Compass Charter just needs to get the ball in the basket in some way, get fouled and get to the line, make a three, make a two. Doesn't matter. Uh, you just need a basket to stay alive. A drive to the basket. They miss the shot, but standing right underneath the basket is Jaden Horn right there. You see him right there with the put back in at the buzzer. An awesome play. And great job to get position right there and get underneath it and not just watch his teammate shot go up and hope for the win, but to get underneath it. And you can see the agony of defeat on the other side for Marsing. You know, the surrender Cobra, as they say, the I should have swatted that ball. I should have, you know gotten in there a little bit more that that that's always tough but a nice uh play there uh by Jaden Horn with the game winner for Compass Charter. What an exciting moment for Compass Charter, a team we don't talk about a lot here on the Treasure Valley Prep Cast. Shane Tolman in his first year as the uh, Aviators head coach. The previous coach uh I believe is now coaching at CUNA this year, I'm pretty sure is what happened there for Compass Charter, but um what an exciting win and so now yeah. It's the kind of win that can, you know, put you on a hot streak for sure. So we'll keep an eye on Compass Charter, six and five overall, two and four in the league. But boy, at the other end of the spectrum, Logan, last night on IdahoSports.com, Clay Hatfield and Paul Kingsbury had the call for what was a, a really thrilling affair between not just the top two teams in the WIC, but the top two teams in the state, whether it's media poll, coaches poll, no matter how you slice it, number one, Cole Valley Christian, number two, Ambrose at the Archer's house. It took an extra period, but in overtime, Cole Valley Christian prevails by a bucket, 57 to 54. This game lived up to the hype and then some. Yeah, and that's that's how it should be, right? When you get the top two teams in the state going at it, uh, love to see it not be a blowout, you know, to have it be right there, competitive, 
And I, how many times have we on Idaho Sports broadcasted a number one versus number two game from Ambrose? I feel like I have done at least two, and then we had another one this year. A lot of times it's number one Melba versus number two Ambrose or vice versa. Um, but now Cole Valley uh, sneaking into that spot and uh, cementing their their um, claim to that there as being one of the best teams in the state with a win. Um, phenomenal finish. Uh, Eli Kingery, I think, had 20 points. He was our player of the game. A uh, huge performance there. Uh, that gym always gets crowded. Uh, it has, if you've never been to Ambrose's gym, they have a big side on w- one side of the court, and then the other side only has two or three um, bleachers. It's not very big on the other side. So everybody is on the one side and it is split right down the middle. So you've got powder blue on one side and you've got the dark blue on the other side or red or whoever it is, is the visiting team. And it is full from, you know, edge to edge. There is not uh, an available seat left a great environment that they always have at Ambrose and a great game between those two in the rematch. Uh, hopefully will be just as good in a couple of weeks. Yeah, that rematch will come uh, on the season finale, Wednesday, February 7th at Coal Valley Christian. Um, I think you might see that one on IdahoSports.com. Just yeah. laying it out there. So yeah, Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, yeah, Ambrose is the team I got introduced to. Uh, it was my first year of broadcasting for IdahoSports.com, Logan. This was three years ago. Ambrose got all the way to the 2A championship game against St. Mary's, and that's when they had Johnny Sugarman and Hudson Hughes and all those great guards. Now it's all the younger, right? There's Tyson Hughes is there, and and the younger Sugarman is there now, and uh, Ken Sugarman, the Ambrose coach, really like intimidating looking guy, right? He's this big six four, six five guy, looks gruff, but man, when you go talk to him, he's like the nicest guy there is. He's always treats us well. So. Yeah. And that, I mean, that is the way the WSC IC is in general, just a ton of great people. Um, love doing games at Ambrose. Anytime you go there, they, they're like, take you to the back room. You know, Kelly Barber's like, have some pizza, have whatever you want in here, guys. It's always a great, uh, there's a lot worse places, uh, to do a game than Ambrose. That's for sure. Definitely. Uh, Sean Kane, our East Idaho prep cast is up next Logan. After we do this, uh, uh live Oof. on the Idaho sports.com YouTube channel, Facebook page, Twitter account. Great game. He was tuned into that tonight and, uh, he will have his own game tonight girls basketball blackfoot at shelly so if you're a bishop kelly fan or a ridgeview fan and you want to take a peek at you know the number one team in the state in girls hoops the shelly russets they're hosting blackfoot tonight who is also very good and very talented you can watch that for free on idahosports.com so i didn't i i know this isn't the east idaho prepcast brandon but i was putting that graphic on our instagram page today um was looking at shelly's schedule uh they they've won 16 games this year and 14 of them are by 20, at least 25 points. That is unbelievable that is, they are just rolling through everybody. And it's not like they're playing cupcakes. Like they are beating good teams. Uh, so that should be a fun one on, on Idaho sports. I mean, Blackfoot too. Blackfoot's a funny team, right? They've got a ton of great wins and then some head scratching losses. So uh, it should be a fun game, but uh, this isn't about East Idaho right now. So I'll let you talk about that later. For sure. But just put it out there for all the uh, BK Ridgeview Emmett fans that want to see what's going on in East Idaho for 4A yeah. hoops. Yeah, you can catch it tonight on IdahoSports.com. All right. Also in the 2AWIC for boys basketball last night, Logan Melba 
hosted New Plymouth. This was kind of like a must-win game for Melba if they wanted to finish with a top top four seed or be in position for a top four seed at districts. Uh, they get the win, seventy-eight to sixty-four, and so that after losing to New Plymouth previously, that moves Melba ahead of the Pilgrims now in the standings. This was a big win for Melba. Yeah, and isn't it crazy? This shows you how good the league is, where you're talking about a must-win game for a Melba team that is essentially the sixth-ranked team in the state, where they're all of a sudden in a, I'm on the outside looking in position, and I'm number six. I know a lot of people want to complain in East Idaho about Preston and you know uh, Pocatello, but uh, somebody's going to get left out of the WIC over here that's a very good team that could compete at the state tournament. And, uh, you know, Melba, you got to get hot at the right time and starting with a win over New Plymouth definitely helps. Yeah. And I, I guess I misspoke. They, that was the first time they had played New Plymouth. They will play the Pilgrims in the regular season finale, February 7th. Um, again, maybe a game. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what we got going on, but, uh, I think IdahoSports.com is going to be at a lot of WIC games here. Yeah. Over the next there's couple there's of weeks. just so much, there's so much good stuff to watch. For sure. Uh, really quick before we go to girls basketball, Logan, I did want to check in on the 3A Snake River Valley Conference quickly as well. Fruitland picked up a nice win over Parma last night by 5, 57 to 52. And when you look at Fruitland, yeah, they're 5 and 8 overall. But in league play, they are still a perfect 3 and 0 ahead of, you know, this showdown with McCall Donnelly that's happening on Friday, they've got to travel to McCall, but this is a big time game for the Grizzlies. Despite the sub 500 overall record, a win over McCall Donnelly would put them at four and zero in the conference, which is really the only record that matters. Yeah. And we talked about them uh, last week, kind of because they were in this log pile or log jam, whatever you want to say at, at four and one. I can't remember what they were at last week when we talked, but uh, then they get the win over Parma, that's a huge win for them. And like you said, who cares about the record on the right side? Uh, just look at that one on the left, five and one. Uh, you want that that as best as as best as you can get seeding going into the district tournament. Uh, that really helps you in your path to get to the state tournament. Definitely. And uh, last night in the win, Brody Watson, sixteen points, four assists for the Grizzlies. Zeke Van Hofwagen had 14 points, eight rebounds, and four assists. So that's kind of the story with Fruitland this year, Logan, is they're led by a new coach, Darren Van Hofwagen. He was previously the basketball coach at Canyon Ridge High School over in Twin Falls. He gets the job at Fruitland, moves over with his family, and like like we see so often, it's a combo deal, right? You get you get dad coaching, but you also get Zeke, the player, and he's he's been a great uh, player for Fruitland this year. Yeah, just a great uh, a great win by the Grizzlies. Sorry, I think I was looking at the I was looking at the wrong standing. So I apologize. You're probably like Logan. What the heck are you looking at? Um, when I was saying that, but uh, a big win. I was looking at the girls. No, you're good. They're, Parma's they're... Par, Parma is very good in the girls side, so it makes a little more sense. But you know that, like you said, that showdown, three and O, two three and O teams. Uh, it's big. And you know what? It also it does matter um, outside of this because it's going to matter where you get seated at state. And if you get to state with a 500 record, you're not looking at a great position at the state tournament. It is what it is. It's just it's probably not going to be a great position. And you want to do all you can to try and fix that. 
Yep. Uh, and, and one last thing here about Fruitland and then we'll move to girls hoops. Uh, but, uh, I was emailing back and forth with coach Van Hofwagen from, from Fruitland. And, um, he said, you know, if you're looking for something to highlight, you know, highlight Brody Watson from Fruitland because he is the only returning player from last year's team. Now Fruitland's got some seniors this year, you know, they've got five of them, but Brody Watson, the only guy coming back with really any experience or was even a part of the varsity team. Coach Van Hofwagen says Brody leads the uh, this very young team in more ways than one. He leads in defense some nights, assists in other nights, some nights in scoring. Uh, in their uh, most recent game before Tuesday night, they beat Payette on Saturday, 70 to 37. Brody had 30 of the 70 points. So nearly half of the points came from Brody Watson. And basically, Coach Van Hofwagen said the team wanted Brody to achieve this, and they wouldn't stop until Brody got to 30. So this was his teammates going, hey, you're pretty close to 30. We want to help you go out and achieve it. Um, and so he's leading by example. He's getting buy-in from all of the younger guys and newcomers. And I think it shows that they were willing to you know, put aside their shots and their glory for hey let's get let's get our guy our leader 30 points it was a really cool story yeah no that's awesome and 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 it's a great point about fruitland um i saw him last year at the state basketball tournament um i did the 3a and they were senior loaded eddie rodriguez zane bidwell luke baranaga um just a couple of the names to mention there where they went into overtime in that opening game with teton and then won their their next two games. Like this team won the consolation title at the three A basketball last year. Yeah. It's easy to forget that, and that gets lost in the shuffle. But Fruitland was shoot right in the thick of things last year at the state tournament. Like if they were able to knock off Teton in that first round, I mean they would have played uh, Sugar Salem, who went on to win it in the next round. But I mean they were one of the the secret good teams that we saw there. That uh, you know. You talk a lot about who's playing on Saturday at the Idaho Center and forget about everybody else a lot of the time. And, man, that w- they were a team that that could have competed and did. I mean, won two games at state. Uh, that's what you want to do. So uh, a good bounce back, and hopefully we'll see the Grizz uh, just keep, keep chugging along with this new young team. Yeah, uh, and we've talked about this a lot, but the 3A state tournament for boys is wide open. There is not one team that everybody's pointing to and saying, yep, that's the consensus favorite. I really think it's going to be the most wide open of any of the boys state tournaments this year. And so if Fruitland gets there, why not? They've got a chance just as good. Now, yeah. of course, Co- coach Van Hofweg is going to say, Hey, let's pump the brakes on that state talk. We, we, we're, <laughs> we're just focused on McCall Donnelly on Friday, but I'm just saying it, the same applies for the Vandals, right? They've got so many yeah. talented guards. Coach Tinney does a great job with them. Um, so yes, very interested to see how that Friday showdown goes. The winner will be all alone in first place, uh, with a perfect four and zero league record. Okay, Logan, quickly, let's talk girls basketball. Last night you were on the call for IdahoSports.com as Middleton hosted Rocky Mountain. Now pretty consensus throughout the year has been Boise, of course, favorite in the five ASIC after that. Is it Rocky Mountain? Is it a Waihe? Is it? You know, Centennial, is it, is it, is it, is it, it's Middleton after the win. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and that's the conversation that I was having, I guess, with myself since I was by myself last night. But, uh, um, you know, there is a big group, right, of about seven teams after, I guess, if you include Boise. So six teams 
uh, down below um, in this mix. You've got Rocky Mountain, you've got Timberline, Eagle, Owyhee, uh, and you can even throw Bora in there that are that are all right there. Uh, Middleton has already beaten Timberline this year. They had already beaten Owyhee this year. Uh, they've already beaten Bora, and so you know one of the final um, towers to fall in this list behind them was Rocky Mountain who came into the game with only two losses. And this is a game, if you didn't want, this was a great game. Um, Middleton led by no more than three points the entire game. Um, they led by two twice, and then that lead evaporated, and then they got it to three, and immediately it was gone. Uh, Rocky Mountain hit a three within six seconds after Middleton took a three-point lead. And, and those were their leads until the final 15 seconds. Um, they, they were up by that. This is the scenario. They were up by two with 15 seconds to go. They go to the free throw line. Uh, Zoe Blackwell misses both free throws. So she misses two free throws, 15 seconds to go. Asha freed pulls down the rebound and, uh, and, and rolls out. They call a timeout. And all of a sudden you're like, man, Middleton, because you, you missed two shots, but then you have a player get the offensive rebound. You're up two. Things are looking good. Uh, then then uh, Zoe Blackwell gets fouled on the next possession, and she drains both of her free throws. Four-point game. They end up winning by six um, as a couple more free throws fell. But a very good game, and they fought back. I mean, they were down at one point by seven. I think it even got up to eight, and it was a very back-and-forth game. They'd get, they'd get down seven. They'd come back and tie it maybe get up one or two and then Rocky mountain would stretch it back out. Um, but they, they ended up with more points when it mattered right there at the end. I don't think they led in that game. You know, it's a, what a 32 minute game. I think they held the lead for maybe 45 seconds overall, maybe a minute. I mean, really I'd have to go back and look, it wasn't a long time to hold the lead, but that doesn't matter. You only need to hold it right at the end. Um, and they did so. It, just impressive. They're extremely young. Um, Boise took care of business against Middleton, but I think Middleton right now looks to be that second team in the league. They play Eagle on Saturday, and that might – we'll see there. If they can get the win there, I think we're pretty confident them there, but Eagle is going to have a lot to say about that on Saturday. Yeah, two big games uh, to, to me looking at the schedule. Obviously, the matchup with Eagle on Saturday – uh, winner of that will be alone in the loss column for second place. Uh, and then, you know, I've got my eye on this rematch with CUNA on Tuesday, the 23rd. Next Tuesday, CUNA got Middleton early in the season by 2, 53-51. Now, that was a non-conference game. Didn't count towards Middleton's league standings. Um, but I'm interested to see how the rematch goes. Yeah, you know... A lot of times you see teams bounce back after that, right? Or it goes the opposite way. We've said this multiple times on this prep cast where a team wins the first one by a lot, and then the, the next team wins the other game by a lot. So we'll see. I mean, that Middleton team looked – this is one thing that I saw. They looked like they were a little bit out of control early in the game. And this is one thing I saw from them last year too. Coach Blackwell called, called a couple of timeouts early in the game, and I don't know what she said, but it seemed like – Let's let's just slow down. Let's calm it down. A lot of times they were throwing the ball over, you know, out the off the baseline, trying to just trying to push and maybe just 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 take half a step back and slow it down and run the offense. 
and they played very good defense when it was a half-court defense. Uh, Rocky Mountain got a lot of putbacks, and that's something to watch out for for Rocky. Man, they they really, uh, CC Legaspi just kept putting in putback after putback after putback down low. So watch out for her down the stretch. I mean, Rocky Mountain went to the state championship last year. Like, we're not worried about them. They'll be fine. Um, and so we'll see. We'll see if they can really play their game and just just calm it down. Uh, they're a team uh, that that could be dangerous at the state tournament. Yeah, if they gonna, make it there, of course. <laughs> it is because it's going to be a gauntlet at districts, and man, I would out stay out of the play-in game if you can. That's no, all. And this, yeah. this, and this is my thought, Brandon. With this league, is you, you, you do not want to be four. If if you can't get second, get third, right? Because uh, is anybody beating Boise right now? I don't. I don't know. Um, maybe <laughs> uh, they're just they're they're playing so good. If you can finish second or third, you know, you know what? If I can win my second game of the tournament against either the two or three, I'm in. You know, you don't have to worry about trying to fight your way. You're in. You get to that SIC championship game, your ticket's punched. Um, and I'd rather lose to Boise there with my ticket punched than have to punch my ticket against Boise. So uh, definitely a lot to play for for these teams to get that second or third seed. And conversely, um, if you can't get second or third, you might as well see if you can drop to sixth or seventh and, avo- <laughs> yeah. and avoid that by four. You know, you know, no. who's in, you know, who's in sixth right now, Logan, if the if district started today. Rocky, Rocky Mountain. Oh man. <laughs> like, no, don't do that to me. I mean, Rocky played very tough. Like they they lost to Eagle earlier in the week. Um, or that was, I guess, on Saturday, a couple on the sixth. They lost to Rocky Mountain uh, by one in overtime. Or they beat Rocky, excuse me, in overtime. So I, I think that, you know, those three, I think Middleton, Rocky, Eagle are probably the next two. And I'm not sure how much separation there is between those three. Obviously, Middleton got the win. We'll find out what Eagle does here um, and where they sit in that formula. Yeah, I still think you can't forget about a Waihee either. You know, they're lurking. They lost to Middleton by six, Rocky by five, Lake City by three, Coeur d'Alene by uh, 14, but it was the season opener. Um, that 5A tournament, yeah it's just loaded it's just loaded yeah it's it's uh there are so many good teams and you know one two three four five six right six right from rocky mountain rocky mountain Hawaii eagle timberline middleton boise all of those teams are capable of winning um a game at the state tournament and two of them are gonna have to fight their way in and might not even be there yeah one one We'll have to do a play-in game against Madison, probably. probably. Maybe Thunder Ridge from the east. The other one's going to have to play Lake City or Coeur d'Alene, and good luck. <laughs> That's going to be yeah. interesting. How about there's a real scenario, and, and uh, we're going way too long on this, but there's a real scenario where Coeur d'Alene goes from state champs to not making it back. Not making it. That would be brutal. That's a very real scenario that is on the table. So we will see. All right. Well, we have one last thing to talk about here on the Treasure Valley Prepcast. The IHSAA held their January meeting earlier this morning. A lot of important stuff went down. We'll highlight it for you right after this word from our sponsors at No Vape Idaho. 
It's not like I'm doing drugs. Nicotine can negatively impact the developing brain and make it more susceptible to other addictive substances. Students that vape are three times more likely to start smoking weed. And kids who share vapes can unknowingly inhale other drugs like THC, meth, or fentanyl, causing permanent lung damage, overdose, and even death. Be smart, don't start. This is the Treasure Valley Prep Cast, presented by No Vape Idaho on IdahoSports.com. Brandon Bainey with Logan Green. The IHSAA held their January board meeting earlier today. Logan, uh, right away at the start, of course, we we got the news uh, a little while back that Ty Jones was going to be stepping down as the executive director for the IHSAA at the end of the basically the school year in June. His replacement has now been selected. It's a current board member and current Shelly superintendent, Chad Williams. Congratulations are in order. Yeah, congrats, Chad. I mean, that's an awesome uh, honor, right, to be the head of the IHSAA. So uh, excited to see what things come out the pipeline. You know, every director has their own vision, their own goals. So uh, it's always it's always fun in anything, whether it's a president of the United States to a school president to any, you know anybody – uh, to see what what they might want to do and what their vision is and and what what things are gonna lay on the horizon for us. Yep, for sure. Uh, so congratulations to Chad Williams there. Uh, also discussed at the meeting earlier today, state tournament expansion. Is it happening? The answer is maybe, but there's a lot of work we got to do to get there. So they they're at least discussing expanding state tournaments, Logan, which is a start. Yeah, yeah, it's a start. Um, I, I always listen to these things sometimes, and uh, I, I wonder if the, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I wonder if the student athlete is the true, um, thought behind some responses and answers. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. Like I heard, I don't know who it was. Was you know, there was some comments about state tournaments being hard on employees or hard on people that were working, or you know, it's going to be. Uh, you know, X, Y, and Z, our teams don't want to travel. Um, but we put out a poll, Brandon, a couple of months ago. I don't know if you remember this about, do you want to travel or stay at your, you know, stay at home for a state tournament? And resoundingly, the answer was we want to travel. I think those kids would love it. They would love the opportunity to have a play-in game somewhere else. Don't try to tell me it's the kids that don't want it. You can say, I don't want to do that. That's fine. But like, I, I don't want to hear anybody say the kids. I mean, I, what do I know? I'm just thinking of myself in high school, a four-hour, five-hour trip with my friends to play in a game, even if we lose, I will always remember that. I will always remember. I always remember the games where I had to go on long trips, uh, the bus rides, just just tons of fun. Tons of in a that's pathetic. As a team that lost, my favorite memory is the bus ride. So um, so there's that. But I think it would be a great experience for them and at least he didn't get told completely no, but uh, if we're truly looking at what's best for the student athlete, I think they they enjoy that. And if I'm wrong, comment below, send me an email, tell me I'm totally wrong, whatever you want. But I, I think that people, at least the people that this is for, the student athletes, right? That's, that's who this is about, right? This isn't about um, anybody else and what they have to do. It's about the student athlete. And if it's better for them, I think that's that that's the ultimate thing. So I would love to see that talk grow more and get out of maybe the 
the, well, I don't know about a team driving from Kellogg down to West side or whatever it is. Uh, and more, this is going to give a good team a chance to keep playing basketball. I think that's where I would like to see the conversations morph to. We don't bat an eye when a team has to do it for football. And uh, no. I always, I always use the example a couple of years ago, I was doing a two, a quarterfinal game. Grangeville had to travel down to West side and if they had won that game, they would have had to have traveled right back to the same spot to play Bear Lake the next week. And so there's, I mean, for a weekend, I think the travel is fine. We do it for football. It's it's fine. I, I think that's a hurdle we can clear pretty easily. Yeah. But. And and Treasure Valley, how many times do we see where a team goes up north? We saw the, the tour of North Idaho, right, where I can't remember who it was that went up there and played in those games up in North Idaho, but three teams go up north and then three teams came down here and played in the Treasure Valley. Um, it, it's just, uh, it would be, I think we could do it personally, but what do I, I, I don't know. I, I do, I, I will admit, I don't know all the intangibles that go on behind the scenes there, but uh, it would, it would be fun to see it. And I think it would give good teams a chance to keep playing basketball. Definitely. All right. One last shout out here before we duck out of here, Logan tall Grop. Athletic director at Timberline High School there in Boise. Uh, one, one of the great ADs, right? Uh, we interact with him every year because Timberline is a host for state basketball. And, of course, I'm always emailing him throughout the, the school year. And um, he was named the president of the basically the National Association of Athletic Directors. He is the first yeah. person from Idaho ever to serve as the national president on this board. What an accomplishment for tall. Yeah, that's awesome. Anytime somebody from Idaho um, can get representation on the big stage like this, so to say, uh, is great. And uh, so it's awesome. It's good for Idaho. Um, hopefully, you know, I'm sure in his position, he'll learn a lot and hopefully bring that back here. And I'm sure that's the ultimate goal, right? Is make Idaho better. And I, I would think that that will happen because of this. Yeah, Tall, of course, had the less glamorous position of chair of the reclassification committee for the uh, IHSAA board earlier this year. And he worked really hard on those reclassification proposals and sent out a survey and over 70 percent of uh, schools responding said they were in favor. And then the board said, yeah, that's nice. We're going to crumple that up and throw it away. And then in an unprecedented move the statewide superintendents overruled the board in a great moment for uh, just the political process. Um, and so uh, I always laugh yeah. at that, that uh, Hey, this guy is now the national president of the, you know, national athletic directors association. And his proposal was uh, shot down by the IHSAA board earlier this year. So, but, but what's great <laughs> is that the proposal it passed, right? Because that's what the people wanted and not what, the bureaucrats wanted, right? That was like you said, a great political. I mean, we're not trying to say anything, really. We're not. We're just saying he he went and saw that people wanted something, and some other people said, "Nah, we don't want to do that." But then the people said, "No, we actually want to do that." And that doesn't happen if if Tall doesn't do the legwork, right? Because now all of a sudden they have evidence that's already been compiled. So you know, you got to think that maybe maybe that had some. You know, you're, you're able to to hang your hat on that and say, look at this work we did here. But congrats, Tall. Uh, just, a, just a great uh, honor to do that, and congratulations. Hey, Logan, you put you put the call out there uh, for people to weigh in on traveling more oh, no. for state. 
No, that's good. Jay Galvin says, I have two girls that have played softball since uh since he coached uh pitch one that graduated last year i think he meant slow pitch uh we travel all over the country all spring summer and fall for travel ball traveling within the state for an expanded tournament would be a blast and then here's annie my husband as a coach loves when his athletes get to sleep in their own bed however my daughter who is an athlete loves to play overnight away games she would love to play state up north my husband not so much and, and I, and I, that doesn't shock me to hear that, that the coaches want you in your regular routine, you know, mom and dad making you load the dishwasher at night instead of uh, staying up playing Fortnite with your friends in a hotel all night or whatever it is teenagers do. Um, so I, 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 that does not surprise me. Um, I guess, like I said, at the end of the day, it's, I, I, I personally think it's about what's better for the student athlete and yep. What, what, what do they want? And I think they want that experience. So uh, again, I, everybody can have their own opinion um, on things and it would, I, I just think kids would love it. I think that uh, they would enjoy that opportunity to, to have another trip with their friends for a state tournament. And I think as a parent, I think it would be fun to go. So my nephew plays basketball just over the border from you there in Spokane at Ridgeline high school and uh, like Kendrick, they went up to Alaska this year and played in a tournament up there. And my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, they they went up to Alaska. They were like, this was awesome. We got to go to Alaska. Um, and, uh, you know, <laughs> going from Meridian to, to Pocatello is a lot closer than going to Alaska. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know. Anyway. Based on our, you know, limited straw poll here. I'd say the, uh, the players are in favor of it. We'll see. Uh, yep, polls are closed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Stop yeah. the count. First basket wins. Okay, <laughs> I was right. Everybody else is wrong. Yeah. So I, this will be a discussion we will have more and more. Yeah. Uh, as we get down the road, but for now, hey, we're focused on district tournaments are starting in a couple of weeks for girls basketball, wrestling heating up, boys basketball hitting the stretch drive as well. And once again, next week, we'll be here to break down the biggest stories happening in the Treasure Valley. For Logan Green, I'm Brandon Bainey. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, to the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. All right. Uh, hold on. <laughs>